Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tom Kang. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. Jesus said some hard stuff. Stuff like plucking out your eye and drinking blood. Some truths in the Bible are difficult to understand and even harder to swallow. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood. If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, such a person cannot be my disciple. Join us for Hard Candy as we unwrap the hard sayings of Jesus. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our sweet series, Hard Candy. I'm Pastor Tom. And before we dig in, can we say hello to uh, all of our campuses, New Brunswick, Mountainside, and Nutley? Let's say hello to them. So good to see you guys. Woohoo! Good to be together. Now, did everyone receive one of these little goodies coming in? Okay, it's a classic butterscotch candy. See, the thing is, we have been unwrapping the hard teachings of Jesus uh, for the past couple of weeks. And today, his, his teaching is about that classic, very classic topic that I've heard actually called the single most difficult challenge that everyone faces today. It is also called the Christian F word. I'm talking about forgiveness, okay? Forgiveness. There's just no escaping it, all right? I need to be forgiven, maybe for that last joke. You need to be forgiven. Just ask the person sitting next to you. And we all came to church today with at least one person we need to forgive. That's just a fact, okay? So which is it for you? Which do you, Are you seeking forgiveness? Or are you someone that needs to give forgiveness? Or maybe it's actually both. You see, forgiveness is so important that Jesus actually, he actually does this. In the scriptures, there's actually a place in the Bible where it says, Jesus instructs, do not worship. Stop worshiping. Okay, just leave the temple as it were. Just leave your offering at the altar. Does anyone know when Jesus instructs this? It's it's whenever there needs to be forgiveness. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 23, it says this, therefore, this is Jesus' words, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. In other words, Jesus is saying, you know what, I don't really care if you're in the middle of a worship service. If, if, if at that place and at that time you remember that there's someone that has something against you, you should go and be reconciled first, then come back and continue to worship. And this is a hard teaching. You know what? I will never forget. There was this one time where actually I was preaching from that specific passage not too long ago. And the guy sitting right here in the front row, he actually, after I read that passage, I was mid-sentence, and he got up from his chair and left. And I was, what? 
And you could tell that everyone was kind of like tense, like what is happening? He was just like so deliberate, so purposeful. And I was just like, man, like somebody's listening to the message. This is great, you know? And, <laughs> but I, honestly, I was stunned. I was, I was completely, and, and here's the deal. There was actually a time right after that, a couple hours after the service, where I ran into him. And so I was like, hey, listen, you know, I noticed that you, like, left right after I read that passage. And, like, what was going on there? Like, who did you go see? What, what was happening there? And he's like, what? What are you, you talking? Oh, yeah, yeah. My phone was going off. They were calling me down in the nursery. My kid was crying. I was just like, ah, ah, man. <sighs> Nevertheless, okay, nevertheless, it does us some good to give Jesus' hard sayings a good look. So, let me start by asking you, who do you need forgiveness from, or who do you need to extend forgiveness to? Who do you need forgiveness from, or who do you need to actually forgive? I know, I know, right? It's, it's too soon, right? We, we usually don't get into these, you know, personal zingers until the end of the message or thereabouts. But like, gosh, what, what's happening right now? But here's the deal. It, what would happen if we actually didn't sugarcoat the words of Jesus and his hard sayings? What would happen if we took Jesus' hard sayings at face value? First go and be reconciled to your brother, Then come back and worship. So let me ask you again. Who do you need forgiveness from? And or who do you need to forgive? Uh, Did did you get into a fight with your spouse on the way to church today, right? You're driving. Oh, that that only happens to me, all right? All right. Uh, Maybe the kids are just driving you nuts, right? And you said things that you weren't supposed to say. Maybe, just maybe, you you threw a coworker under the bus this past week. They don't really know, but you know that that, that's what you did. Or or maybe you blew off a neighbor because it just wasn't convenient. You know, you just just shovel your own driveway. And by the way, that's your half of the sidewalk, right? Maybe, Maybe something like that, right? I don't know, but here's the deal, okay? I've been guilty of all of the above, okay? Pastors are not exempt. But rather than bore you with my own shortcomings again and again, uh, thanks for all the emails, by the way, uh, let me share with you a story about a fellow pastor, Pastor Ed, who was seeking forgiveness for someone that he had hurt. And it's also the story about his friend who needed to forgive him. And as you listen to this story, I would ask yourself to ask yourself, The question, who do you need to forgive or who do you need to ask forgiveness from? Check this out. I remember saying, I love my job and what I did so much that I could do this forever and I will probably be here for the rest of my life. And it was soon after that that I was let go. And not just let go, but there was no acknowledgement when a counselor leaves a church with no explanation, always the thoughts are immorality, uh, something very shameful. So I left with no words of, of thank you. I was just left. And that was very humiliating. I went directly to Ed's office thinking he was my safe person 
he would make it right. He would know what to do. So I went to his office and I was just sobbing. I was just shocked. I was just undone. And he sat with me and he was very uncomfortable. And at one point he just got up and left the room. I remember feeling abandoned, like what I was doing was foolish. What was I doing here? And I realized that Ed did not feel my pain. Ed was not who I'd always thought he was. Though Ed personally didn't do anything against me, he didn't uh, stand up for me. He didn't advocate for me as my pastor. So I believe what was so painful is this wasn't just a job. This was my church and this was my pastor that we had gone to for 12 years. That was very, that was very painful. I had done a lot of funerals when I was at Calvary. I would sit down with the family and if they had a good relationship, they would talk on and on and on and on. If they had a bad relationship, there'd be silence. So I decided when I died, I didn't want people to be silent. I sat down one day and wrote a list of everybody I knew I had offended. And I began working my way through the list. Some people I knew in the relationship, I was right and they were wrong. Uh, but I finally decided relationship is way more important than who's right or who's wrong. Hmm. So who's on your list? Maybe like Pastor Ed, you need to seek the forgiveness of someone. Or, or maybe like his friend, you need to extend forgiveness to someone. Who is on your list? Uh, folks, when you walked in today, you got a program, and inside of that program, you should find some message notes. If you haven't already, can I just encourage you to go ahead and write the initials of the person in the space we provided in your notes? Who, who is someone that you need to forgive, or who is someone that you need to ask forgiveness from? And, and as you're doing that, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a look at two reasons why I should forgive, and just as important, one way on how we can forgive others. Now, I am not saying that the, these are all the you know, ingredients, all the elements of forgiveness. As a matter of fact, I think we could do a, an entire series on forgiveness, but I do think that this is a great place to actually start. So let's turn in our Bibles to that hard on the outside, but also sweet on the inside teaching of Jesus found in the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 18 is found on page 688. 
And this is a passage where I just want to kind of share with you, this is a passage where Jesus comes right out and he says, he instructs his disciples on how they should respond when someone sins against them, okay? And watch what happens next. Verse 21, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? <laughs> this is a question that we all ask, right? This is your question, and this is my question. Whenever someone sins against you, whenever they wrong you, how many times are we supposed to begin? Four, five, six times? In other words, uh, it, you know, do we just, when is enough enough? Do we just kind of let them off the hook? right? If you're like me, you might be thinking, oh, well, you know, I don't want to forgive them too much. You know, we may be enabling them. We may be hurting them even more, right? So maybe that's a thought that you have. I mean, does God expect us to be like these doormats and just be walked on all over again and again? See, you need to understand this. Back during this time, rabbinic tradition said this, you should forgive a person of a repeated sin three times, But on the fourth, forget about it. It's actually in the Hebrew. Forget about it, all right? So so here's here's Peter. Think about this now, right? Three times. Here's Peter probably feeling pretty good about himself, right? Because he like answers his own question. It's like more than double the amount of the, you know, the the accustomed, the practice of the day, right? And so he's like, how many times should we forgive Jesus? Like seven times. Ooh, look at me, right? But did you know Jesus' response? Peter. Verse 22. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Say what? This is, a, this is a hard teaching. But you know something? Jesus actually doesn't stop there. He actually continues to illustrate this story to them, which explains why we should forgive. Check out the next verse, verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Verse 26, the servant fell on his knees. He fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. In other words, we need to understand this. This is a story about a man who owed 10,000 talents. Now, I, I understand that that means absolutely nothing to us, but what you should know is that some modern estimates calculate that to literally be over a billion, that's with a B, over a billion dollars today. It is the kind of debt that you and I could not possibly imagine to repay even generations upon generations upon generations. But what happens? Verse 27, the servant's master took pity on him and what did he do? What did he do? Canceled or forgave the debt and let him go. Now here's the deal, guys. You don't need a fancy, you know, Bible theology degree to understand that when Jesus is sharing this story, who does the master in the story represent? Who does it represent? God, exactly. And furthermore, who does the, who does the servant that was forgiven this massive debt 
represent? Who does that person represent? Us. Us. Exactly. Me and you. So, so for those of you that are kind of jotting down some notes here, the first reason why I should forgive is because, number one, I've been greatly forgiven. I've been greatly forgiven, and so have you. In fact, later in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul explained it this way. He said, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, guys, here's the deal. We all need forgiveness from God. If you're taking notes, just write that in that blank spot right there. We all need forgiveness from God, okay? Uh, But the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are completely forgiven. He cancels all of your debt. He, he just forgives all of your sins, past, present, and future. He wipes it away. And so now you have not only been forgiven, but now you have the power and the freedom and the compulsion to forgive others as well. Philip Yancey, one of my favorite Christian authors, put it this way. He said, only the experience of being forgiven makes it possible for us to forgive. But you know something? I'm going to be completely honest here. Even though I know this in my mind, even though I've got it down here, that I've been tremendously forgiven, that the Son of God, who was perfect, actually had to walk this earth And although he committed no sins, he paid for my sins. I'm the one that committed sins. He paid for mine so that I could be forever forgiven. Even though I know that up here, I just have to be totally honest and say, I still have issues with forgiving others of the slightest offenses against me. Just being totally honest, right? I'm talking about that friend who takes the joke a little too far. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. right? Or, or I'm talking about maybe that offhanded comment by a coworker. Like they didn't really mean it. They weren't even really thinking. They just kind of said it and you just like hold that grudge. I, I'm talking about that spat with your spouse, right? And this is why, I'm just speaking personally for me. This is why I just love the fact that the second part of Jesus' story is there. I, I, it hits home for me. Will you actually look at it? In Matthew 18, verse 28, it says this. But when the servant went out, he found, okay, so this is the servant that just got forgiven a billion dollars worth of debt. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. This is not 10,000 talents. This is a hundred denarii. This is just a few bucks, folks. It's not a billion dollars. It is literally a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of what he has just been forgiven. Okay, but watch this. This is amazing. He grabbed him and began to (coughs) shout him. Pay back what you owe me. Pay it back right now, he demanded. Verse 29. His fellow servant fell to his knees. (coughs) Okay, just give me a second here. I'll pay you back. Don't worry. just, Just give me a little bit more time. Verse 30, what happens? But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Verse 32, then the master called the servant in. Uh Uh-oh. 
You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Verse 34, in anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. And then the last verse, verse 35, this is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive, unless you, can we say it? Forgive your brother from your heart. Why? Why should I forgive I'll give you guys another reason. Again, this isn't the only other reason, but it is a great reason. It is an important one. Why should I forgive? Reason number two, because unforgiveness, to not forgive, actually hurts me. Unforgiveness hurts me. Folks, do you see what kind of a monster this person, who has just been forgiven everything, turned into? He has just been forgiven a billion dollars worth of debt. But do you see how he turned into a monster when he found someone that owed him a little bit of pocket change? He literally grabbed him by his throat and started choking him. Had the guy thrown into prison. Are, are you serious? Yet this is what happens every single day. At least it does in my life. I mean... I get it. You know, I'm a pastor, but more importantly, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm a follower of Christ, someone who knows and loves the message of, of God's mercy and his love for me through Christ. But I got to tell you, boy, oh, boy, I can hold a grudge. I can hold a grudge with the best of them, especially towards the ones that I love the most. Uh, full disclosure here, just this past week, one of our girls uh, lost her tooth, right? So she, yay, you know, she's like really excited. Hey, look, look, look. You know, she washed it and put it under her pillow and that whole thing, right? And so, okay, great. Next morning, uh, we're having breakfast and um, she's got this sad look on her face. And I have no idea. Like, it's completely like, I'm just like in my own little world. No idea what's, uh, hey, what's, what's going on? And she's like almost about to cry. She's like, the tooth fairy didn't come. Again, this was the second day in a row. And so I'm just, I'm like, I'm, oh, I'm, and I just, I'm trying to console. I'm just like, oh, you know, maybe it's too much snow out there. You know, you know, maybe the wings froze or something. And I'm trying to console my daughter. And at the same time, I'm giving Erica, my wife, the stink eye. Like, how could you do that? And I'm just like, so I'm mad. I'm sad. I'm mad. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is your responsibility. You know, and you know what happens, right? Girls leave for school that day, and, and what happens, right? Did I forgive my wife? No, we got into a big, huge fight about this. I'm like, Eric, I can't believe this. We talked, we had an agreement. I'm the elf on the shelf. You're the tooth fairy. We've talked about this. <sighs> I wish I was making this up. But you know what's even more ridiculous, Okay. I was unforgiving and angry and just, just miserable to be around the whole stinking day, all because the tooth fairy didn't show up. Oh, and by the way, I'm writing a message on forgiveness. <sighs> Folks, we become, mon- we lose our minds when we don't forgive. 
We've become absolute monsters. And there, there is no place for that in God's children, in the children of God who've been forgiven everything. Jesus' words are, shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant? Let's read that last part together. Just as I had on you. See, guys, when we fail to forgive, we hurt ourselves the most. I love the way author Anne Lamott puts it. She says, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and then waiting for the rat to die. So, guys, let's talk about the how. How do I forgive? Where's that magic button? Because I need to press it real soon. But before we go there, can I just share with you also this? I want to share with you a pastoral secret here. But maybe I shouldn't do this, but I'm just going to go ahead, all right? Anytime a message about forgiveness is preached, okay, anytime that happens, inevitably a handful of folks come after the message or emails are written or things are posted online where the damages and grievances are so massive. I mean, they are just so heinous and hideous and severe that a simple 20, 30, 40-minute message about forgiveness, it honestly, it just sounds so like tin. It sounds so tone deaf, like all just these simple platitudes. And guys, I want to be honest here. I don't want to be that guy, okay? I don't want to give that message. I'm not a fan of those things either. In fact, you need to know in my own life and in my own family, I've shared this with many of you before at different times, different ways. But there are stories in my own life of deep hurt. I'm talking about suicides, talking about divorces, uh, addictions, abuse of all kinds. So there are plenty of examples just, just in my own life of needing forgiveness and needing to forgive. So you know what? I get it, I get it, I get it. I get that the how do I forgive question is a very difficult one. And honestly, maybe you're sitting here right now and you're listening to this message about forgiveness and you cannot, you look at this, you're still stuck with this little message. You, you look at this question there and you cannot get yourself to even write down two letters, the initials of someone that you need to forgive in your notes. You can't even go there. You can't even think about that person's name. When that person's face comes up in your mind, you, you, literally your blood temperature, it just, it just goes, you, you, it starts to boil. And your heart just gets so, and the monster inside begins to awake. I get that. I totally get that. And, and you know what? No one here is going to pretend that any of this is easy. I would never insult you that way. But I would ask that you remember God himself knows that forgiveness is difficult. God knows forgiveness is hard. It cost him his own son, his own son's perfect life 
was given for forgiveness. So God knows that it's hard at first, but God also, we also believe in a God who even though he knows it's hard at first, also knows that once you embrace forgiveness, it is so sweet. In fact, here's where I want to share with you the second half of Pastor Ed and his friend's story about forgiveness. Take a look. I think forgiveness is a great idea until you have someone to forgive. And then it's very difficult. You have to humble yourself. You have to admit you were wrong. You have to look at the person in the eyeballs. And all of that's intimidating. Two years later, when I get a call from Ed saying he wants to come over and see me, I was curious to know what he would have to say to me. So when he walked in the office, he got on his knees and almost on his face and named everything that had been done against me, which I really could hardly remember, but now it's coming back to me. And the, and the word is betrayal and uh, marginalized, abandoned, uh, not mattering. So when he came in and asked my forgiveness, I realized that our relationship was being reconciled. I will never forget seeing Ed in front of me. It would have been much different with a phone call or a letter or an email, but to look into his face, to see his eyes, does something very mysterious that is eternally impacting me. And when he left, there was this huge emotion of release of all the pain and all the anguish that I had stuffed. And it just started to come up and I couldn't stop crying. I don't think I have talked to her since then. I just want to hear what's going on in her life lately. very careful here and I want to level set some expectations I don't think that forgiving someone necessarily means you have to invite them into your living room and and, and spend an afternoon sipping tea okay that's yeah that is how it worked for Pastor Ed and his friend and praise God for that that over some amount of years and after a lot of prayer and all that stuff that 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 happened that's awesome praise God and that may happen for you that would be my prayer for you but you know what I I don't honestly believe that that's God's will for every single person in every single situation. I just don't. I have to be honest. In fact, you know, I want to share with you that over the past few months alone, I've talked with a student 
who gets bullied uh, in school every single day and has been contemplating suicide. Uh, I've talked with two ladies who have been sexually abused, one recently and one over 25 years ago, but it may as well have happened yesterday. I've talked with a man over the last few months who has walked out on his wife and kids. I've talked with three individual ladies, uh, wives, who have been physically abused at home for long periods of times. I've talked to another wife who is still being verbally and emotionally abused. I can't tell you how many businessmen, how many businesswomen over the past few months that have come and have shared how they've been brutally betrayed, thrown under the bus by trusted colleagues and longtime friends. And I'm serious, I kid you not, the last service, I had a gentleman come up to me who in 2007, his daughter was murdered. So do I envision a Pollyanna world where where all of those people and and the folks who, who hurt them are all sitting together in someone's living room sipping tea anytime soon? No, I don't. Which is why I think Leslie Leland, this author, provides some excellent perspective that we need to hear. She wrote this. She said, while forgiveness ideally leads to reconciliation, it doesn't always. And in some cases, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. You can decide to forgive and then move away to regain your health and sanity. Offering forgiveness does not mean approving of or allowing ongoing abusive or destructive behavior. And I love this. I love what she says next. She she continues. But understand also, forgiveness is not a one-time act, a simple transaction. She continues, I think it's no accident. I love this insight. I think it's no accident that in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day, our daily bread is followed with and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against her. That is an incredible insight. In other words, she is helping us see that, you know what? Christ is the one who taught us to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. His disciples said to him, how are we supposed to pray? And Christ says, you forgive us, uh, give us this day our daily bread. And in the same breath, Jesus says, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You see, folks, it is a daily decision. Forgiveness is a daily choice. Forgiveness is a daily prayer. It's a daily prayer, which begins to answer then the question, how? How do I possibly forgive? There's a lot of aspects, but we can start with this, prayer. Start with prayer. I see some of you taking notes. Start with prayer. It's a tiny step. But would you be willing to take this next step? It's a baby step. I I recognize that. I realize that. But it's a great place to begin. Start with 
prayer. Again, you may never invite that person into your home. But if you have the love and mercy of Christ inside of you, if you know who you are in Jesus' story to his disciples about the debtors, if you know your place in that story, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, inside of your soul, every fiber inside of your soul knows that you've been forgiven everything. If you know who you are in Jesus' story, then you know what? Jesus then challenges you to forgive as you have been forgiven. That is Jesus' hard but oh, so sweet teaching. That's what it is. There's even a passage that we looked at last week from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount that captures this first baby step so well. It's Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, which says, But I tell you, love your enemies, and let's read this word together, pray. Love your enemies and pray. Pray for those who persecute you. So guys, let me just ask you, would you be willing to start with prayer today? To pray for the person you need to forgive? Or even to pray for the person whose forgiveness you need to seek? Now, here's the deal. I get it. If, if you're like me, you may be thinking, well, you know what? I know that in my mind. That makes sense, okay? I, I get that. You know, the whole forgive and the whole prayer thing. I get that. The whole Jesus thing. I, I get that. That's what it says in, in the Bible, in God's Word. I, I understand that here. But honestly, I just, I got to be totally straight. I don't feel that in my heart right now, okay? So with all due respect, I just, I just want to, you know... I think I'll take a pass today, all right? With all due respect, I, I think I'm just going to sit this one out until my heart's ready. And then when my heart is ready, then I'll be willing to forgive. Then I'll be willing to pray. And you know what? That sounds so holy, doesn't it? That sounds so righteous. Like you just want to be authentic and genuine, right? I, I get that. But honestly, here's the deal. It's as simple as this. Sometimes you just got to do what you know is the right thing to do and your feelings come afterwards. Sometimes you just got to do it. And, and sometimes we just do what God's word says. I believe that God honors that and he, he, he changes your heart. He actually melts your heart. And then your heart comes and follows your actions. So guys, that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to do that right now. In just a moment at, at all of our locations, the campus pastor is going to lead us in a response time. But here's the deal, okay? During that response time, you're going to be invited to come forward and, and to light a candle to represent your prayer as well as solidarity with the person with whom you need to forgive or ask forgiveness from. It, it, it could be a person that you are praying for and you, you, you need to just pray for this person and forgive this person or pray that God would help you to, to seek forgiveness from this person. I, I, I want to share with you that, that gentleman at the last service who, who shared about his daughter being murdered in 2007, he came up 
at that service, he went through this and he said to me that he prayed for the first time in seven years that God would forgive the murderer of his daughter. For seven years, he he couldn't even utter or even think of that person. But that happened just a few minutes ago. And that's what I'm inviting you to as well. Don't think that your, your issue is too petty. It's not. Because if it's something that grabs you and you need to forgive someone or seek the forgiveness, then that's big enough. All right? So we're gonna do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just pray right now that you would show us all who we are in Jesus' story about the debtors. And that you would remind us all that because of your son's sacrifice, we've been forgiven everything, everything. And so now we have an opportunity to forgive others as well. I pray that you would flood our hearts so much with your love and mercy that it overflows onto others. I also pray that you would also give, many of us here, we need to seek the forgiveness of others. Give us the courage. Give us the humility to step in faith. We don't want to do it. We want to do it when we feel like we're ready, but help us to do the right thing, God. And I I pray that your spirit would move our hearts, melt our hearts to please you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.